Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, you glorious bastards and magnificent bitches. It has begun. It is I, Doc Camo, and we're back from my thought of the day. How dare you? And we're going to dare on, Greta, we're going to dare on. It's Wednesday. It's time to learn about what's going on in the stupid war with Ukraine. Because it's good to know what the words, what's happening in the world. But we really shouldn't have been involved. But it, it seems like we're too late to be involved now. Because uh, now it seems like a, a British civilian has been found among the combat casualties. So uh, the British citizens were fighting in the world. We, we already mentioned that Swedish was. Uh, Russia looks like it's going to completely capture Lungs region pretty soon. Um, the sanctions didn't do anything. McDonald's leaving, and now like one guy in Russia owns all the McDonald's restaurants. He he owns all the locations, and he put out his own menu, and they're all operating again. So now he's even richer than before, and people are worried about the grain shipments. I mean, it's it's nothing really new, but you know, it's those things in the world that you need to be aware of. So let's get into this. Uh, this one's particularly important. Here's the BBC. Ukraine war, former British soldier Jonathan Gately killed in the fighting. And this is because now if NATO citizens are going there to actually fight, you know, that that tells Russia that we're fighting them. Like that's an act to fight with the NATO and not Ukraine and that draws us into the war, which is retarded. The former British soldier has been killed fighting for the Ukrainian armed forces, for his family has said. Uh, Jordan Gately, who left the British Army in March and traveled to Ukraine, was described as a hero by his father, Dean, in a tribute on social media. He died in the battle for the eastern city of Serverdonsk, which has been intense fighting in recent days. The foreign official office has said it is supporting the family of a British man who has died in Ukraine. Uh, Mr. Gately's father wrote in a Facebook post that his son had been helping train local forces. He added that Jordan was fatally shot on the front line while defending the city, and they were informed on his death on Friday. I mean, this dude's given it like, fighting a fight for people to be able to, like, vote on their own. It is um, a noble sacrifice, but it says he left the military shortly before going over there. In March, February, March. Uh, now, did he actually leave the military, or did the military ask him to leave to go? Like that—that's the things that need to, questions that I like to have answer to. Uh, I don't want to poke holes in the story, but you know, it, it's good to see it from all angles. But uh, if it's on the up and up, it's a noble thing to do. He had gone to Ukraine to help after careful consideration. He said chemical plant hit a fight, fighting rages in Servodonsk. Analysts five ways Russia invasion may play out. According to the Facebook post, the family had several messages from his team out there telling us of his wealth of knowledge, his skill as a soldier, and his love of his job. His team said they, they all loved him, as did we, and he made a massive difference to many people's lives, not only soldiering, but only by training the Ukrainian forces, the statement continued. I don't know, he's... 
people have a right to go over there, but they're going to drag their countries into war because Russia can use this guy as a means to attack Britain and then or declare war in Britain, and that drive, drags all of our alliance into the war. Like that, it's why we should have been like if we didn't want to go to war with Russia, we shouldn't have been involved at all. Like the one foot in, one foot out, it's going to kill us. We should just take both feet out, but. If we're not going to take feet out, we put both feet in. Like, it's one or the other. <sighs> Jordan and his team were so proud of the work they were doing, and he often told me that the missions they were going on were dangerous but necessary. He loved his job, and we are so proud of him, Mr. Gately wrote, adding that he was truly a hero and will forever be in our hearts. Uh, Mykhailo Podolak, an advisor in Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, tweeted, that Jordan Gately was a true hero. He will always remember his contribution to the protection of Ukraine and the free world, Mr. Podolak wrote. Uh, the BBC understands Mr. Gately served in the British Army as a rifleman with the Edinburgh-based 3rd Battalion of the Rifles and was discharged from the forces in March before traveling to Ukraine. There have been fierce street fighting in Servodonsk with heavy artillery said to be causing huge casualties on both Russian and Ukrainian forces. Uh, the region governor, uh, Zayev Haidai, was told that Ukrainian TV, the Russian shelling has caused a huge fire at a chemical plant in the city. Up to 800 civilians are hiding in the underground bomb shelters at the plant, Ukrainian officials have estimated. Uh, don't set off another chemical plant. Like, don't, don't, don't scatter chemicals across the country because you're, you're dumb enough to blow up a chemical plant. Please, please don't do that. Fighting around Servodosk has lasted for more than three months as Russia shifted the forces from trying to take the capital Kiev to capturing the Lonsk and Donsk regions in eastern Ukraine, mostly an industrial area known as Donbass. And it looks like, oh, Jordan was a hero. No, this is what's going on. Even though this is not about Jordan, none of this is about, like, most of this is not about the kid, which is sad. It should be about the damn kid. Uh, he's the one that died. Uh, seizing Servodonsk and its twin city of Linsk would move Russia closer to its goal as it would give them control over Lunsk. Um, Mr. Gately is second Britain to be killed in the conflict after the death of Scott Sibley in April. Also, the second guy. Mr. Sibley was described as a friend like no other. A post of the Logistics Support Squadron Facebook page described him as a former serving soldier of the squadron and he said he had showed commando spirit until the end. The foreign offices advised against all travels to Ukraine and the Ministry of Defense has said that the Britons will go to join the fighting following the Russian invasion, may be committing a criminal offense and would be liable for persecution. In March, the head of British Armed Forces said that Britain should not go to Ukraine to fight and should find other ways to help. I mean, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't go to the war and drag your country into war if the people of your country haven't agreed to go to war because... Why did now you you have effectively taken your democracy or your 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 freedom and to choose and stuff away from your country by forcing them into a war? Because uh, uh, if I was the person you're fighting, after a bunch of people die of your your country, I'm gonna shift my view, view to you as being part of the attacking force against me because I have to do that to accomplish whatever the fuck my military tactics are because it's just the smart fucking tactical thing to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just fucking saying. Moving right along, kind of related to this British soldier, it's the area that they were, uh, the region they were moving in where they said they can 
taking the heavy losses in the Lungs region. It looks like, according to the New York Post, uh, Russia is likely to capture that region within the week, like within the month. Like it says weeks, like, and there's three weeks left. So <laughs> within the next couple months, definitely, it looks like unless something severely changes, it looks like Russia is going to take that entire region of the country, which is. I mean, it's sad on the people of Ukraine because they have a right to be free, but it's not really... America can't afford the fight with what's going on in our own country. We're pretty much at civil war. Uh, there are shootings and, and crime and riots and burning and, and, and periodically, and it, we're, we're dividing uh, <laughs> amongst the states. People are geographically relocating based on moral and... and that you know, the party looks like it's about to begin, and we can't afford this. But it is what it is. Let's get into this article. Uh, a Russian likely to capture Ukraine's Lansk region within weeks. U.S. officials, say, oh, I should say, U.S. official says, but U.S. official. Uh, this is like again, like I said, it's New York Post. Uh, Russian forces could be just weeks away from seizing control of the key Lansk region and eastern Ukraine as Ukraine officials continue to appeal for more heavy weapons and ammunition from the West. An unnamed senior U.S. defense official told the Washington Post that cities of Servodonsk and Lysenchansk, which have seen some of the fiercest battles in recent weeks, could fall to Russia in the coming days. I mean, of course, if it's the key region, they're going to focus on it most. That's just tactically sound uh, both, for both countries involved, like both. Uh, Russia has been making steadily gains in strategical import Donbass region comprised of Lansk and Donsk by pounding the area with heavy artillery day after day and inflicting heavy casualties on the outnumbered and outgunned Ukrainian soldiers. The area is home to the so-called Donsk People's Republic and Lansk People's Republic, which are controlled by Mo Moscow-backed rebels who have been at war with Ukraine forces since 2014, effectively a civil war, a Soviet civil war, like I've been saying since the fucking beginning. Uh, if the people of Donsk and Lansk want to be their own fucking country, they have a right to be their own motherfucking country. I'm just fucking saying. It's widely believed that the fate of Donbass could dictate the course of an entire war. Now it's its fourth month. Now, now in its fourth month, after earlier failures to capture Kiev and Kharkiv without proper planning, Russian forces regrouped and went on to seize the entire Sea of Azov coast including the strategic port of Maripol and the entire Kherson region, a key gateway to Crimea, and a large chunk of the Zaporizhia region that could aid in further push deeper into Ukraine. So, like I said, they, 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 they took that, that fucking seaport, man. They, they're taking... They need that seaport for the, the current... to keep their economy alive. They can't be cut off and, and stay separate from the, 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 the world. The, this is actually smart for Russia. Not that I agree with what they're doing, but it is it is smart. Uh, the city of Servodensk in the east has emerged as the linchpin to Russia's plan to bring Donbass to heel. Uh, and that's the place where the soldier died. And the Zeri Hadai governor of the Lunsk, so the, the British guy, Obslat wrote on Telegram Sunday that the situation was extremely difficult. By some estimates, Russians now control two-thirds of the city and are trying to isolate it completely by destroying its bridges. Hadai predicted that the invaders will throw all of their reserves to capture Servodensk. 
Uh, the Russians are doing their best to cut off servitudes, kind of I added. The next two or three days will be significant. Ukraine is losing between 100 and 200 soldiers a day. Damn. Uh, Podolak. I'd like to see the, the Russian numbers, but they, we can't get anything out of Russia because they're being sanctioned and stuff, so it is what it is. Senior advisors to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky told the BBC as Russia has thrown pretty much everything non-nuclear at the front. In his highly addressed Sunday, Zelensky said that Ukrainian forces are fighting literally for every meter in Servodonsk. I mean, that's how it is in, in war. War is a fucking cunt. You, you, you fight for every inch. It's not just every meter, every inch. Russia has a clear edge in artillery in the battle for Dumbon's links to bigger number of heavy howitzers and rocket launches and abundant ammunition. The Ukrainians have had to be economical in the use of their artillery, with the Russians constantly targeting their supply lines. In his recent remarks, Zelensky accused Western countries of ignoring Ukraine's plea to supply modern missile defense systems ahead of the February 24th invasion. Did we get them? No. Do we need them? Yes. He said Zelensky further argued that thousands of lives could have been saved if Ukraine had been listen to uh it's not our fight man like we shouldn't even be involved at all you're lucky we're doing what we're doing but it is what it is especially when you have like fucking corrupt dealings with my fucking shitty ass president just throwing that the fuck out there the rare pub public rebuke came after president joe biden told an audience at the democratic party fundraiser in los angeles friday that Zelensky didn't want to hear america's warning that vladimir putin was going to invade ukraine Zelensky aides forcefully denied that the ukrainian leader had ignored Biden's warnings with Polodex slamming the claim as absurd. It is absurd to blame a country that has been resisting a superior aggressor for more than 100 days when the key countries were unable to prevent the Russian Federation from invading, he said. Well, it's not our job to prevent them from invading. You're not in our alliance. That's what this whole fucking thing is about. That's what this whole fucking thing is about. Now, you could join the alliance, you should join in the alliance, but that's what this whole fucking thing is about. Our fucking country is going fucking garbage anyway, man, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it mind boggles me, man. I, I, I don't understand how people can ignore warnings or whatnot, or know that there's a problem for fucking years and just not not fucking do it. Like, Russia has a right to be Russian, to, to be the way they want to be. We have no right to shut down their motherfucking economy, just like we have a right to do our fucking thing, and they had no right to shut down our motherfucking economy. And fucking, we shouldn't be fucking warring with each other, and we shouldn't be participating in people's civil fucking conflicts, and, and people that don't have a problem with their fucking government shouldn't have to fucking become rebels to fucking get their point across because you just changed the goddamn president. That's not how fucking freedom works. Freedom isn't just doing what you guys want and following your view. Freedom is sometimes you compromise and sometimes you lose and you do what the fucking people in your country say because that's how fucking winning is done. I'm just fucking saying. Moving along, that's not the only thing that Russia is, uh, seems to be winning. And uh, I gotta shut these windows real quick. Give me a second. Alright, somebody's having car trouble out there and talking and, and getting mad, and I don't want them to elevate their voice or, or try to start the car again and, and interrupt this. But I digress, that's going on. This is the, the taking the region is not the only sign of victory. Like I've been saying, the, the, the sanctions are not working. One Russian guy bought all of the McDonald's when McDonald's pulled out of Russia because of the sanctions. He now owns all of those restaurants.
and they're now open again still. They just have certain, like, um, McDonald's trademark items off the menu and shit, and he changed the name to Tasties, and he's just making fucking bank. Bank! Bank, 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 because he owns an entire Russian chain of restaurants in Russia, an entire chain, and he's banking on every single fucking Russian fucking McDonald's, or former McDonald's, I'm sorry, a Tasty's, and the sanctions don't fucking work. That's why you're either in it to win it, or you're out of it. I don't even know a good fucking phrase for that. You either get in, you can't do this one foot in, one foot out thing just doesn't work. I mean, it, it just does not work. But let's get into this. Uh, this is, again, from the BBC. Russia unveils Tasty's McDonald's substitute. Uh, before we get into this, I like how uh, we can't advertise to Russia. We can't send news to Russia. We can't buy anything Russia and all the sanctions, right? But the BBC can go into Russia somehow not get assassinated because we're supposedly the enemy and report from Russia. Just fathom that. Just, just fathom that. Uh, it's Russian revamp of an American icon fast food giant McDonald's pulled out of Russia in protest at the invasion of Ukraine and sold its restaurants here. More than 800 to Russian businessman Alexander Govov. Govor. Okay. Today the first rebranded restaurants are reopening in Moscow. There's a new name. Uh, Venusno E. Tokcha, which translates to, I probably butchered that, but which translates to Tasty and that's it. <laughs> tasty and that's it. That's the name of the restaurant. Gone are the Golden Arches, replaced by a stylish, stylish letter M made out of two French fries and a dot, or perhaps a burger. Uh, gone are the Big Mac and McFlurry, but the new owners hope customers won't notice too many differences. They held a press conference in the flagship restaurant of uh, Pushkin Square with the very first Moscow McDonald's open 32 years ago. And I watched a video earlier of the BBC reporting live from inside the McDonald's restaurant that just reopened with the Tasties, and that's it. And it was fucking packed. This dude's making fucking bank. Just, just throwing that out there. Uh, our goal is that our guests do not know it. We already know the difference either in quality or ambience, said uh, Olga Paralov, CEO of Vukusu e Chokta. The outlet sported a slogan re uh, reading, The name change lo love stays, but only mail poster disrupted the event saying, Bring back Big Mac. The new company says the Burkas composition has not changed and the McDonald's equipment remains. Back in 1990, I was in the massive queue. It took me three hours to get in and be served. I remembered the excitement. The arrival of McDonald's was a symbol of Soviet Russia embracing Western ideas, Western culture, and Western food. What's happening here today is a symbol, too, of how Russia and the West are moving apart, and the crowd was a lot smaller. That's smaller. Oh, that's that's the McDonald's opening. Okay. More than thirty years at the first Moscow. More than thirty years it has been replaced. It doesn't look much. Doesn't really look smaller to me. It just like looks like you have a fucking a closer angle that shows less people. But but. We're not just talking burgers. Many global brands and multinational companies are suspending business in Russia or sold up and pulled out completely in protest of the Russian offense in Ukraine. Uh, Mr. Go Gavor of Siberian oil magnet aims to reopen about a quarter of the 850 rebranded McDonald's restaurants by the end of the month. Uh, last month, McDonald's announced that it would leave Russia because of the humanitarian crisis uh, and unpredictable operating environment caused by the war. 
I mean, that's on McDonald's to want to do that because more they might get they're operating in so many different countries that the different sanctions they're they're forced to like you shouldn't cut people off from doing business and operating free society because one government goes fucking fuck that's not how fucking freedom works Russian history in two badges I got the red badge I don't care about this tweet uh, uh, Russian and Ukraine accounted for about 9% of McDonald's global sales last year Starbucks Coca-Cola Lev's and Apple are among the international brands that have left Russia or suspended sales here since the 24th February invasion of the Ukraine Russia is now under wide-ranging international sanctions which are disrupting its supply chains and increasing unemployment I mean unemployment is increasing all around the damn world because people don't want to work for the inflated prices because of corporate fuckery like the great reset or, or the let's like uh raise gas prices because we're going to shut down all these like oil leases and shit and, and blame the war that happens fucking months after the gas prices have already like doubled <laughs> it, it may not help <laughs> what's going on but it definitely didn't cause the fucking problem and the sanctions didn't they they don't help they hurt us and they empowered this russian guy i mean good on him you can fucking hate me for saying that all you want but he he turned the fucking situation that he was forced into in between two fucking shitty ass governments shitty ass fucking powers superpowers and he's profiting off it the best he can to not fucking cave, go under, or die because that's what the fucking two superpowers are causing with fucking people. I mean, Russia access to the port. Boom. Not hate. Uh, don't oust the guy that's playing both sides. Ukraine wanted to be independent in the middle. Ukraine had a right to be independent in the middle. And we had no right to go in there and democracy make and be in, or fucking have biolabs or all the other bullshit that's happening. But this, the McDonald's pulled out sanctions. McDonald's reopening. <laughs> winning. No. You're definitely not winning on this one. We're not. The sanctions are trash. I'm just fucking saying all right, moving right along into the final segment of the day, uh, the this region that um, the the British soldiers died over, that Russia is about to take, probably using tax revenue from that new uh, Tasties and and that's it revenue. I'm just, just trying to be thorough here on the, the possibilities of what might happen. Uh, the, a former NATO Supreme Allied Commander is like, uh, we need to do something about the grain that's not getting out of this region because of the war, because people are going to start starving to death. Global famine. I mean, it is what it is. The, the Western region's about to get starved out. I wonder if our fat asses can weather the storm. <laughs> I mean, I have uh, emergency food and I'm not worried about it. You should probably look into emergency food because it's only going to get worse. But let's just get into this before I go into a tyrant about a different subject. Uh, Russia's Ukraine war that grain needs to get out. Former NATO Supreme Allied Commander says this is from NATO Finance. I mean Yahoo Finance, NATO Finance. What are you talking about, Doc? Uh, the world faces a worsening global food crisis as the Russia-Ukraine war drags on and the West should act accordingly. 
former NATO Supreme Allied Commander Admiral James Stavrolds told you, you, uh, Yahoo Finance Editor-in-Chief Andrew Sewer during an episode of Influencers, full interview above. So you can, it looks like we can actually watch the full interview, but we're not going to do that, but you can get in there and do that. Uh, we're edging into a serious global food uh, security issues. Uh, Stavrolds said that it's not just a humanitarian concern that can lead to civil unrest. Waves of refugees, particularly in North Africa and the Middle East, are very pragmatic reason for the U.S. to avoid, for us to avoid that, as well as the obvious and overarching one of avoiding humans starving to death. Uh, Russia's blockade of ports on the Black Sea prevents Ukrainian wheat exports, which are imported by Middle East countries, including Egypt, Lebanon, Tunisia, Libya, and Somalia. So those countries are uh, basically, there's a food shortage, food famine, like a serious one on the verge of happening there and or already happening there because of this. Admiral Stavros, author of the new book, To Risk It All, added the actions would need to be taken at some point. The grain needs to get out of Ukraine, the retired four-star U.S. naval officer said. It's not going to buy land. There's too much of it. You go to move the bulk things in the world in the world trade, 95% of the global trade moved by sea. Wheat prices, ZW equals F, surged after Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th. Futures are currently up to 41.5% year-to-date, reaching levels not seen since 2008, and that is not only commodity flows being strained, uh, Ukraine is also exporter of corn, barley, sunflower oil, and rapeseed oil. So the, these things that are used in a bunch of other things are all going to affect the Europe's food market, but we've we we had a whole um, uh, episode on that, so you can check the library for that, the archive. The U.S. and its allies, according to Starvolds, could consider helping secure food shipments out of Ukraine's ports. This blockade is illegal, he said, and by the way, it's not being conducted in Russian territorial seas. The blockade is blockading Ukrainian waters and international waters. The Ukraine, United States, and all of our allies, we have vested interest in keeping those high seas freedoms so could conduct a maritime escort operation to get the grain out going through strictly Ukrainian and international waters. But that might be seen as, because uh, you said it's a, a escort operation, that might be seen as a... Um, aggression by Russia, which will escalate the war, and that's the, what that's what they're trying not to do. They, they're trying to have this, this one foot in, one foot out. We're going to have to make a decision. Either we're, we're going to go in, or we're going to be out. How that would actually would happen be high-stakes debate. It's a pro it is provocative to Russia, I suppose, Admiral Savarli said. On the other hand, it's not like we're sailing ships into Russian waters, lifting a blockade that is effectively in Russian territorial seas. I would argue we are certainly very close to the point where we have to get the grain out, and this is a viable way to do so. As for the actual details of this kind of international operation, Stavaldi's explained how exactly the U.S. would go about planning and deciding. It would start with, okay, why do we have to do everything? There's a bunch of you. It would start with, oh, okay, how many mines are in the water already? How do we get rid of the mine threat? Where are the news mine sweep coming in from? Stavali said, then it would be, okay, who will participate with the, us in this exercise? We asked NATO to do it. We will do it ourselves. Will we ask the United Nations to do it? Number three would be, how are we going to inform Russia? What are the legal mechanisms we're going to use here? Fourth would be a strategic communications. How are we going to betray this to the world? Uh, then you get down to the granular decisions. You build the whole plan. Then you'd go over to the White House and brief it, and the president would make a decision as to whether this was a go or no-go decision. I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect that set conversations are happening at some levels of this moment. And you notice how, how among all of this, Nothing was said 
about any of these countries or any of this alliance, asking any of us lowly regular people that pay for all this and die for all this to vote about all this. Just just fathom that for a second, because that's, that, that's really... It, we're talking about fucking global war here, so that's really what we got to fucking consider. They're not allowing you to vote on or to decide whether or not to engage in another fucking conflict. They're making levels and they're making plans and they're making suggestions. And they're doing things without your fucking input. Now, you might like what they're doing, and that's perfectly fine. But you need to grasp that they, they shouldn't be doing it without your input. You people can go in, put the input, and vote on doing it. Be free. Don't let the governments of the world just make these stupid fucking decisions for you that fucking threaten your security and shit. We're talking about fucking war. If, if, if you face the, 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 the most severe consequence of war is to end your fucking life. <laughs> you gotta fucking think about that before we uh, just fucking head into ruin. Because we're fucking... We're on the tarmac and we're headed down to fucking funky town. Like I'm just fucking throwing that out there. The world has become a fucking service, a circus. We we literally are an amalgamation of a bunch of these dis different dystopian novels being a uh, combined with the fucking South Park episode. Like, it's fucking sad. 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 And we gotta fucking do something about it. I mean, and I mean, all these countries need this grain. We can't just let people fucking starve. It's rock and a hard place. I'm just fucking saying. But I'll see you in the next one. Thank you, you inglorious and bastards and magnificent pitches, for your support of my thought of the day. Without any of you, none of this can be possible. You are the real MVP here. Here, uh, you can catch the show every Tuesday through Friday by 5 p.m. It'll be live. Eastern Standard Time, and the clips go out daily. And if you like what you see here, and you really want to help social support, uh, consider becoming a member. It's only $5 a month, and you get early access to uh, the Uncensored Thought of the Day. You get early access to our other shows, and we can help put the money, and you get access to exclusive clips, but we can help funnel the money back into hiring more excellent journalists, and, and, and putting on more shows to increase the content to make it worth even more of your 5 bucks. And we don't really intend to raise our prices because that's not how winning is done. We help we love you immensely and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.